Fulcrum Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Episodes will typically be uploaded every Monday and any changes to that schedule will be posted on our Twitter and TikTok at Fulcrum Pod and on Instagram at Fulcrum Podcast. So be sure to follow us on any of those for previews and information about upcoming episodes. Hi, my name is Sage. I use she, they pronouns and you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Sage Sindula. Hi, my name is Claire and my pronouns are she, her. You can find me on TikTok at Claire Kenobi and on Twitter at Quirky Kenobi. And today is our second after show of uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Um, this one was was a fun time for this podcast in particular. I know a lot of people were, were tweeting at us that they were ready for this week's episode. And yeah, I'm glad we have a brand, I guess. <laughs> Um, yeah, we did, we did have a bit of a meltdown. Um, you know what? It was fine. We're going to have a good time. Okay. It started with Obi-Wan and Leia are on their little cargo ship that they're taking. And Obi-Wan is once again, trying to reach out to Qui-Gon Jinn and once again, being unsuccessful. Um, but there, we do hear like some voices going on in his head. We hear, um, Yoda's voice. We do hear Qui-Gon, like things he had said in the past. We hear Reva talking about Anakin being alive. And then we get Vader getting into his suit. Okay, I really, I don't think I said this last week, thank God, because it would have been embarrassing. But I was like, I don't think we're even going to like really see Vader like fully suited up until like the end of episode three. And then it started with that. And I was like, okay, (laughs) great. But yeah, it did start with Vader getting suited up and then like walking out of his little like back to tank. Can I just say... This is also stuff that happens later, but Deborah Chow not like understands what we want in so many ways, but in one of them is that we love to see villains like power walking to cool music. And this so happened true. like four times in this episode. And every time I was like, so true. He really, Vader really was yes and slay in this episode. Um, every single time I was like, yes, girl, walk that runway. Like we, we need to see it. We love to see it. Um, we you know it's just great when villains are villains but they also are like give a little gay walk vader also had a little a little limp wrist in this episode if you caught it i'm so sorry (laughs) rescinding my heterosexual anakin skywalker statements oh my gosh happy pride month (laughs) vader comes out happy pride Oh my god, our more like fascist gay representation in Star Wars. We love to see it. We love to see it. Anyway, yeah, we so Vader was there like at the very beginning of the episode, and I was like, oh. Um, and he's talking to Reva on the little, like she's on a little hologram, and she it's really interesting actually, because she's like something, something about the Grand Inquisitor, and then he like cuts her off before she can say what actually happened to him. And I'm like, okay, I see what I see what's happening here because like we know he's not dead. You know, we 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 watch Star Wars Rebels. Like I know that he's okay eventually. Um but he is not there and the position of Grand Inquisitor is currently not really filled. And Vader is like if you help me catch Kenobi, I will let you be Grand Inquisitor. So true. So true of her. However, this does bring me to like questions because she, when she tells the fifth brother about this, he's like, I'm next in line. And I'm like, what is the system here? Because she's third sister and your fifth brother. So like, she should outrank you if that means anything. Um, But he seems to think that he outranks her. And I'm like, 
you could never you wish you wish um (laughs) but yeah so I'm like well whatever the inquisitor ranking system is it doesn't matter because Vader said that Reva could be the grand inquisitor um which you know we can kind of deduce that that doesn't end up happening based on like Star Wars Rebels um so something has to go wrong here I'm hoping that it will be heard entering her Yasin Slay era not that she's not ready but becoming even more Yasin Slay and like leaving the empire and maybe now that we know Quinlan Voss is out there like doing his thing maybe she leaves the empire and he helps relocate her somewhere safe I don't know just thoughts just any way that Quinlan Voss can be have as much involvement as possible in the show is what I'm here for this is no longer the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. This is Quinlan Voss, a series, a Star Wars series. Um, no, yeah, I also was wondering about the whole like outranking thing because also I just assumed that their numbers are like the way they joined, the order that they joined the Inquisitorius program in joined loosely, very loosely because they did not have much of a choice. Except I can see the fifth brother being like, hey can I like join where's the application where's the application I'll fill it out I have a good resume anyways hate him um but (laughs) I think that um yeah maybe it's like based off of how many Jedi they've captured slash killed uh which would be sad and make me upset but um anyways during that scene with Vader and talking to uh Reva I was, there was just a little line that he was like, don't fail the Inquisitor or something of the sort. And me, because I have a rotten brain, I was like, oh my God, just like Trilla. And then I was like, no, when Trilla failed Vader, she died in Legends, of course. But um, yeah, you know, all, all directions are pointing to Reva being deceased by the end of the show and if it happens you're gonna have to listen to me sit here for an hour and rant about how much I hate Star Wars <laughs> so let's pray let's thoughts and prayers that's uh, why I'm like bank- like I'm placing all my hope in her leaving the empire and like being hidden away somewhere I'm like please because yeah. I because there's literally no scenario where she stays with the empire and lives because obviously she doesn't end up as the Grand Inquisitor in the long run, which means she failed, which means Vader would kill her if she stuck around. And we don't want that. We, we're done. We're done. Um. Anyways, and then after that happens, we see Obi-Wan and Leia land on this little mining planet. And he's like, oh, we're here to find like whoever the contact is who said to meet them at this court, these coordinates. And they're walking Um, It's cute. I love, you know, they do really fall into the trope of like gruff Dilf who doesn't want to be a dad and like, I wouldn't say lesbian daughter, but like gay daughter. Like she's, she's definitely sapphic. It's Pride Month. Are you kidding? They release a show during Pride Month for a reason. Um, And we all know that's my favorite trope. So thank you Deborah Trump for that. Uh, Yeah. And then, and, and then he sees Anakin. So true. Was not expecting that. Obi-Wan and Leia's relationship is just like, I never like went into the show expecting to be like, wow, I can't wait to see Obi-Wan and Leia, like being him being like her literal, her uncle. And, but that's just what the show is. And I'm like, thank God. 
There's also, I think it might be before that. Yeah, it is because it's while they're on the ship um, where Leia's like, what does the force feel like? And part of me is like, I think you know. But anyway, um, and he's like, have you ever been afraid of the dark? And like, what? how do you feel when you turn on the light? And I was like, mm, I now every time now someone explains how they like perceive the force. I'm like, oh my God, the High Republic, because that's like, the whole thing. So I was like thinking about the High Republic. Um, but when am I not? But when am I not thinking about the High Republic? It's just really on brand for me. But yeah, we now know that Obi-Wan sees the force as like literal a literal source of light as well as like obviously it's like a figurative light for light and life. Anyway, we'll talk about that. We will talk about for light and life, actually. Um but I also think it's interesting that he thinks of the force as like a way to combat fear, which is particularly interesting considering that we talked, I think we talked last week about how like he's basically been like perpetually afraid since the end of the Clone Wars. And he also hasn't been using the force that whole time. And there's definitely some correlation there with like, I think that once he starts to sort of like repair his connection to the force and also just like recover from everything that's happened to him, he will start to feel less and less afraid. Because when we see him in A New Hope, he's not like that. Like he's not like living in fear the way that he is now. And I think a lot of that we now know is that like he uses the force as a way of like avoiding darkness and also of avoiding fear and so I think that like him um once he starts to kind of like learn how to like because we know he has to he has this training he received from Yoda of like how he's gonna end up being a force ghost when he dies and he has to do that at some point um and that'll be a way for him to kind of like fix his connection to the force that has like very noticeably weakened by this point yeah totally I think that he's you know trying I think that a lot of the series is going to be him not only like reconnecting his his connection to the force physically but also like emotionally and psychologically um because right now you know the force while he says he it feels like safe it feels like safe for him uh we also know that he thinks that the force is a way to put himself in danger so like that one thing that you know he what does the force feel like? Oh, it feels like turning on the lights on. It feels safe, but not right now. Like right now he, he knows that if he uses the force, he's going to get clocked by the inquisitors and is going to get hunted and killed. And now he has Leia who he does. I mean, does he know that she's force sensitive because the force like isn't genetic, but you know, but like it, it was Anakin. It was Anakin Skywalker. And, like, they obviously are, like, very much expecting Luke to be Force-sensitive. Like, it's not like, oh, maybe he'll be Force-sensitive, maybe I'll train him. It's, like, once we figure out that he is. And also just, like, like, we, it's very noticeable how Leia uses the Force to, like, read people, even at this age, like, not even recognizing it yet. And I think that, like, if he hasn't, he might not have already noticed it just because he's kind of, like, going through it. And that's not really, like, his main focus right now. But I think that, like, as the series goes on and even like as this episode went on he was probably like hmm this is really interesting how you notice these things that no one else would notice in a way that normal people wouldn't be able to perceive them so telling of where we're at as a society for them to be like yeah this boy is gonna be force sensitive but not the girl right anyways I need to shut up but um it's true anyways I think that you know like I was saying he is very um this series is going to be very much so him reali- rekindling this 
idea of, oh, the force is safety, you know, because the last time he used the force was very much when all of his people died. And he also thought he killed his brother figure and, you know, watched Padme die and all this horrible trauma he is like associating with using the force, especially after seeing the Jedi who is on Tatooine, who still don't know the name of, so sorry, <laughs> but he- No, like you yeah. think after I talked about him like 10 times last week and was like, oh, I don't remember his name. And then I proceeded and to not figure it out. I'm so sorry, Bestie. <laughs> Look it up. Um, but yeah, after, especially after he was killed, you know, in Obi-Wan Saw, he's very much like, yeah, the force leads to death now, which is so sad because it used to lead to- light and life high republic reference anyways um yeah so i think that he's going to definitely get get it by the end and i think that has a lot to do with qui-gon too because he keeps talking to qui-gon and right now he's i think his fear is definitely masking his connection to the force uh which we know is literally canon like fear leads to the dark side and so hopefully by the end we'll see qui-gon I'm not a huge Qui-Gon fan, so sorry to everyone who is. I We all know what my opinions are about Qui-Gon. Um, and no, I'm not like a Legends fan who thinks that he was an abusive master or anything. I don't think that. I just don't care about him. And so, so sorry. Oh my gosh. Um, and so, but you know, it'd be cool to see him anyways. He did mean a lot to Obi-Wan. And I just care about Obi-Wan, so... Yeah, so he hallucinates Anakin. That was something. Something, yeah. It was also, like, I... Because obviously we know, like, that Obi-Wan has never seen Anakin in, like, the Vader suit because he didn't even know that he was alive. Um, And he wouldn't even know, like, what that would look like. But it wasn't until that scene where I was like, oh, when he sees Anakin, he's gonna see, like, Vader now. Like, not just, like, Anakin being evil, but, like, he's completely unrecognizable physically. His voice sounds completely different. Like, and so when he hallucinated him as, like, the way that he used to look, I was like, ooh, I'm so sorry. Um, And then, obviously, this is jumping ahead, but, like, when he first sees him on the street, he's like, oh, oh, they show up to this meeting spot and no one is there. And then Leia's like, maybe we should wait. And Obi-Wan's like, no, let's just leave. I was like, okay, I know that you're, like, not trust anyone right now, but, like, you couldn't have waited. You couldn't have waited, like, five minutes and avoided, like, half of what happened. But anyway, sorry, not to be judgmental of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I know he's having a rough time, so I'm just here to be supportive. But also um, listen to Leia. Like, no, literally. Like, if we anything. just listen to Leia. I think if about, we listen like, to Leia in any any time at all, none of the Star Wars would have even happened. You're so right. Can we just talk about how smart Leia is? She's like brilliant. obviously we know she's smart, but she's only 10 years old. And when they're talking to like the guy driving the little like transport that they end up hitching a ride on, and she's like coming up with all these elaborate stories and like talking her way out of this whole situation. Obi-Wan just standing there, like, yeah, yeah, what she said. Um, I was like, <laughs> girl boss, like who is who is doing it like her at age 10? Like no one not to not to like low-key slander luke skywalker but like if he was there they would have passed away by now they would have passed away in episode one so sorry king <laughs> love you and during pride month too wow we're being really horrible right now oh my gosh there is a line when they're on that transport that's really really rough um 
she first first obi-wan starts talking about leia's quote-unquote mother you know um and then leia's like you knew my mother didn't you in real life and i was like oh my god i'm gonna just start crying right now um because and then he was taken aback by that obviously um and then even worse then she asks if he is her real father and then he says i wish i was are you kidding me let me just say i have seen so many people being like oh my god obidala confirmed and like look i am as much of an obidala shipper as the next girl but like y'all that was not at all what that piece of dialogue was going for and we all know it like the whole point is that like he wishes that he could tell leia like oh my god your dad was like this great guy and like this like amazing jedi which like at one time he was but especially like especially now that he knows that anakin is still alive like it would be different if anakin had like died and he could just be like yeah anakin was a great friend a great jedi etc but like he's literally alive and like killing people across the galaxy and obi-wan doesn't get to like lie to her and be like oh my god yeah (laughs) like let me tell you about him he's so fantastic um but yeah that line mm, that line and yeah the line about like sometimes when I look at her I see her mother's face I was like also okay (laughs) not to be like thinking about Satine all the time but when they were talking um before that about like their whole like story that Leia made up about how like oh yeah I took her here to see the place where like her mother or like where he met my mother and then Obi-Wan's like yeah no and she's no longer with us so I was like I'm currently thinking about Satine Kreese and Obi-Wan losing the love of his life which was what this story was that they came up with but like it literally happened and I was like um when are we gonna have a Satine Kreese mention I'm still wondering this myself me too me too I'm wondering when we're gonna address the fact that Obi-Wan actually has lost every single person in his life ever um which we'll talk about at the end too but like this whole like part where you know he's telling this fake story but it's obviously like relating a lot to his actual life um is so much more heartbreaking because now he is trying to bring Leia literally the only person who ties him back to Padme and Anakin um and he's bringing her back to like her family. So true. We need to. We need Leia to be with Bale and Brea. However, it is. It, I think he knows that after after this, he will never be seeing her again. Um, and so when he is like, "Oh, I wish I was like your father," uh, it <laughs> that was just sad. I was like, "Oh my god!" After and then he obviously thinks that they're going to Alderaan pretty much that day, but. Um, it, yeah, that doesn't happen. However, oh yeah, it was not an Obidala thing. We all know I love Obidala, uh, but yeah, it was also just kind of like you are such a smart girl and you're so strong, and I wish that I could be in your life, basically. Um, because if if Anakin hadn't turned to the dark side, Obi Wan would very much be in Leia's life. Um, which is horrible to think about and you know he's thinking it too you know he's I'm sure that if Anakin didn't turn to the dark side he and Padme he would have left the order but I feel like Obi-Wan would definitely stay with Anakin actually there's no doubt in my mind so sad to think about (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, this is also um, when Obi-Wan talks about his family from before when he was a Jedi. Yeah. Which, first of all, I w- it was really reminding me, and I think this is kind of the point, because it's always been something that, like, never didn't quite line up between the prequels and the OT, is, like, when Luke asked Leia if she remembers her mother, and Leia is, like, I remember, like, little, like, flashes, basically, and people are, like, okay, but Padme literally died, like, as she was being born, so how could she possibly know that? And Obi-Wan talking about, like, little glimpses of things he remembers from when he, from before he went to the Order, and I like this idea of, like, Leia, even though she never actually knew Padme, um, she, like, has these feelings of her through the Force that, like, she, um, throughout her life kind of learns how to connect with those feelings and, like, those little, like, glimpses of her from just that, like, brief, brief time when she was born and Padme was still alive. But yeah, Obi-Wan talks about his family. He talks about his brother. And I was like screaming because I th- I feel like we've literally talked on here about like Obi-Wan's family and like, what are they up to? And then he started talking yeah. about that. And I was like, oh my God, just like we talked about. <laughs> that was a moment. That was a moment. We do know that Obi-Wan did join the Order like late. Poor Obi-Wan, the, all the odds are stacked against him really. Yeah, but still I thought that that was very, you know, what is his what is his family thinking right now? They must think that he's just dead, like, and like everyone else does. What is wrong with this franchise? <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Anyways. Literally watching this episode, I was like, why do I watch these? This like, franchise? why do I like Like, this? I literally ha- cried for, like, 30 minutes straight. Yeah. And I did for every episode so far. And I'm like, I know it's only getting worse. So why am I doing this to myself? Like, that is the question I have to ask. They get to... They escape, basically. So the stormtroopers come, whatever. They escape. And then this literal girl boss comes out, shoots these stormtroopers, and is like, come with me. You were right. Like, we, you were at the right coordinates. You just left. And you're like, ha, huh, Leia was right. You should just listen to Leia. Uh, yeah. And then so she, you know, takes Leia and Obi-Wan back to this little, like, little mechanic shop basically that has like a secret like what do you what is it called a secret room like an annex yeah annex yeah and it's like um, a little like it's not a bunker it's not like underground but yeah it is like a little secret little hideaway oh my gosh I have to talk about that droid the hauler droid are you kidding me he's my new favorite character in the show when they were like um, when she was like, oh, he's not allowed to communicate, and Leia's like, what if he has something to say? And they were like, actions speak louder than words, and then, like, in a later scene, he was, like, ready to risk it all for them. I was like, I love you. <laughs> I love you so much. We all know how I feel about droids. I'm way too attached to any kind of artificial intelligence it's so embarrassing um but I literally was like oh my gosh they don't let him speak that's so horrible and then that happened the thing happened at the end where he is like literally saved Obi-Wan's life and I was like okay I get it now (laughs) so so bad uh he's my new best friend I love him so much anyways they go into the secret room and and there's some writing on the walls uh and nobody wants like what is this place and then tala says some people call it the path rewind the path excuse me what what did you say i literally screamed out loud um the high republic period end of sentence 
anyone who doesn't read the high republic i don't know what you're doing i really don't but uh if you if you somehow manage to not read the high republic there's a lot to do with paths in the high republic uh and most of it, it's basically like a hyperspace routes that are kind of not you're not able to get to them through regular hyperspace engines you have to have a path engine um but the reason that they exist these paths exist is because they're only a there you can only find them through the force uh and so in the in the high republic there is this one force sensitive woman who basically maps out all the paths her name is mari santeca we love her we're mari stands on this podcast um, and she's basically enslaved to cre- to create these paths through the force and give them to non-force sensitive people so they can uh, be pirates and use these paths to destroy worlds. However, um, so they're very much tied to the force and the fact that this, this organization who is smuggling Jedi to safety basically uh, is called the path. It's a win for the High Republic stance. It really it's also a win for because we talked a lot like dirt when we were doing like High Republic episodes about like the correlation between Mari Santeca and also Vernestra Rowe and like people who can navigate these paths and the Chiss Skywalkers. And I'm just like, wow. Shout out to the Thrawn novels and the High Republic novels. They did this wow, for us. <laughs> they really did. They really did. Um, yeah, so. Oh my gosh, Leia Skywalking when? Give me it now. Are you kidding me? I want it so badly. Oh my gosh. Um, oh no, this takes ten, take place 10 years after Vengeance. I was like, um, you know who'd be friends? Vanya and Leia. They're like the same age. Anyways, yeah. So besides the point. Um, let's talk about the writing on the walls. Are you kidding me? Um this episode was such a slay for High Republic fans. So some of the writing on the walls, shout out to all the people on TikTok and Twitter who were, I was going to say one person in particular, but it was literally everyone was like translating these things um, that are written in Arabish on the walls of this little hideout. A lot of them are just random like letters. And then one was a certain quote um, that we'll talk about in a second. But one of them says, uh, for light and life. Uh, I actually think it says for life and light, but you know, same, same difference, which is a, uh, saying used by the Jedi, uh, during the High Republic era. Are you kidding me? That was like a direct High Republic reference. And I love that because the High Republic has been in the making since I believe 2017. Uh, and so has this show. Um, I think that the High Republic probably existed, at least Light of the Jedi existed in some form before they even started writing the show uh, as a as a series instead of a movie, uh, which is so great. Anyways, um, so it, it gives me hope for the future of Star Wars series that, you know, they're going to be incorporating this uh, series, this High Republic series in the TV shows that are going to be uh, more accessible to the general public, you know, love that I would like love for everyone to read the High Republic but it is a slightly inaccessible series to get your hands on mostly because there's so much content spread over so many different mediums uh and publishers so if you want to learn about the High Republic the greatest way to like gauge your interest is going to be through a show that millions of people are watching every week um so yeah so people who are like getting into Star Wars right now 
are going to see people online screaming about, oh my God, High Republic reference. And they're like, what is the High Republic? And then we're, we're on this podcast and we're like, here, let me show you link to all of our High Republic episodes because it's a majority of them. Uh, but yeah, that is my, that is that. And now we get to the, the other writing everyone's on the waiting for. <laughs> the reason why you're here this week exactly. um, <laughs> is that we did get a Quinlan Voss mention. First of all, let's just talk about the fact that this is the first like genuine real confirmation that we have that he survived Order 66 other than like when his name was on that list and stuff like that. And yeah. Star Wars.com article. I knew oh what God, they were I doing. Totally I knew Star what they were doing. <laughs> that was like, they, he might have lived. Um, Now we know he lived. Huge win for all of us. For us. Austin. For, I was, yeah, like literally just for us personally. Um, So yeah, he did survive Order 66. But even better than that. So <laughs> for those of you who've read Dark Disciple, which everyone go read Dark Disciple. Um, And also spoilers for Dark Disciple. That book does unfortunately end with Ventress, his, well, our love interest as much as his, but you know, they were in love, I guess. Um, I'm also here, Ventress, if you want to like call me, but anyway, um, (laughs) they were in love and she did pass away. We've talked about it before. We've talked about it. Um, But basically, I think we literally talked to her last words were like, it's the Jedi way or something like that. Those are her last words. I'm sorry. The fact that Quinlan Voss now spends, because because the reason why, I mean, I just love Quinlan Voss in general, but the reason why I've been hoping to see him in something post Order 66 is because he had such a unique experience with Order 66 in the sense that like, not only did he lose all his friends and people that he'd grown up around, but also like shortly before that was when Dark Disciple had happened and he had had all this, he was like turned to the dark side for a sec and he had all this stuff with Ventress. And basically he's like, as the way I'm going to recover is by like dedicating myself to the Jedi Order and the Jedi way and like being a Jedi. And then all of that got stripped away from him. So not only has he like lost everyone he knows and he lost Ventress, but like that was sort of his way of like almost making up to her for like everything that had happened to her even prior to when they met, just like how rough of a life she had. But he found a way to keep doing that and that he now like, helps younglings find their way to safety and I just think that he should show up and he should talk about how he's honoring Asajj Ventress through his actions but you know if we got a Ventress mention I don't know how like I would act like so bad on the internet it would be really really bad but like I really hope that we do especially because Obi-Wan and Ventress also kissed on the mouth you know so exactly so true um shout out to my co-worker today who came up to me and was like hey I think Ventress is going to be in the in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show next episode and I did have to break it to him that yes she is in fact dead he was like are you sure and I was like like trust me yes I I I wish I was not sure but I am (laughs) I wish I was not sure (laughs) I wish I could see her again trust me anyways (laughs) um yeah I would love a Ventress mention especially because we we when we did did we do a Ventress episode? Yeah, it turned into a Dark Disciple episode. Okay, that's what I was like, I was like, did we do a Dark Disciple episode or a Ventress episode? Anyways. Because um, I was like, yeah, did we do a Quinlan Vaz episode? And then I was like, when would we have done a Quinlan Vaz episode? When? We don't do episodes about men. Are you kidding? The girl boss of the week, Quinlan Vaz. But yeah, our Ventress episode did kind of turn into a Dark Disciple episode. But we did talk about, I remember, um, how she has no legacy written into the canon. 
um, unlike so many other characters, uh, and it, which is really upsetting because that means she was fridged, you know, like that's the definition is basically, you know, killing a woman for men's character development and never talking about it. Um, and that's exactly what happened to her. So, you know, getting more content, basically being like, oh my God, here, here's this woman, here's this powerful woman in Star Wars who, you know, saved a bunch of people, first of all, and also like saved this character, Quinlan Voss. Thank you, Ventress. Like, love that for us because we love Quinlan Voss. Um, but yeah, I would love more on um, her. My hope is that people get so excited and love Quinlan Voss so much in this series that we get a comic series that we get a book like give me something like I don't even give me a spin-off series like I don't even care I just want to see more of him uh yeah anyways we we did get our Quinlan we didn't even say what happened in the yeah show. we were just like so Quinlan Voss um yeah no Quinlan Voss um does now transport younglings to this planet Jabim um which I know has like significance in legends but I'm fake and I know like next to nothing about legends but like yeah. someone who knows more than me can probably tell you. Um, but under where Quinlan Voss's name was written, Obi-Wan does read what is written there. And it says, I wrote it down. It says, only when the eyes are closed, can you truly see the way? Maybe I was like on the floor in shambles. But anyway, um, God, I just really hope that we see Quinlan Voss. But like literally. Any, yeah. <laughs> the fact that that's like a real genuine possibility now, especially because at the, not to jump ahead again, but at the end of the episode, um, I think it's Tala who's like, we need to get him to Jabim. And I was like, you mean where Quinlan Voss is? <laughs> That's crazy. That oh is God. crazy. Anyway, Quinlan Voss next week. I feel it. I feel it coming. I feel it. I feel it's definitely coming. And if it doesn't happen, I'm going to be like, so what was the point? Also, I know I literally said this last week, but I have to say it again. Um, the fact that Fallen Order 2, Jedi Survivor takes place at the same time as Kenobi and we know what that's about it's about Cal Kestis finding younglings so one Reva in in the game one but also now that I'm thinking if Quinlan Voss is literally smuggling force sensitives Quinlan Voss in Jedi Survivor when like when is it happening? this is how Quinlan Voss is honoring Trillis Adjuri's legacy as well as Asajj Ventress you're wow. so true we have you're cracked so true it for that. No, absolutely. Oh my gosh. That will be <sighs> yeah, since Slay. Are you kidding? Anyways, um, that would be super I'm great. I'm so sorry. I just had a thought. So earlier I was talking about like Reva possibly like defecting against the other Inquisitors and Quinlan Boss helping relocate her. And I think I don't know if we actually talked about it, but I know like we individually talked about like um Reva like being very similar to Asajj Ventress in a lot of ways and now I'm just thinking about Quinlan like helping Reva in the way that he couldn't help Ventress. <laughs> no because Quinlan helping Reva like find her way back to the light and safety because he like never fully got the chance to do that with Ventress because she died. I also just had another thought okay so say that Reva is in her like mid-20s She's around the same age that Ayla would have been when she died. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And then him literally, if Quinlan Voss- No, if Quinlan Voss mentions Ayla, I will die. Like, no, I will no, literally no. die. We won't have a podcast. We will not have a podcast. I'll be in the hospital. No more. Um, 
No, but like that, like I love the idea of Quinlan Vos because we know who he is as a character, right? Like he's very much so someone who is is protective, is severely attached to everyone who he loves. Um, and we know that because of how close him and Ayla were. Um, and most of their, I think uh, actually all of their legend or material is legends. But even in the Clone Wars, Ayla was like, my my master was like my father. Um, don't make me cry on the podcast, please. Anyways, I think that um, if, you know, he's, he's, oh my gosh, I just thought that Ayla totally would be so proud of Quinlan for literally smuggling younglings across the universe. Uh, maybe I'm not okay. <laughs> Can we stop? This is about Obi-Wan Kenobi right now. Um, okay, it's that. fine. We're, we don't need to talk about Quinlan Boss. <laughs> No, but this if he shows up next week, can we have to talk about him? <laughs> Anyways. What, um, also, because... Okay, I'm so fine. <laughs> I'm thinking about the line I'm in Dark so Disciple. Normal. Where, I'm where, so where, completely normal. I love where, this um, normal amount. After Ventress, like, tells Obi-Wan that Quinlan has been turned to the dark side and he has that, like, line that's, like, not, like playful whatever like other adjectives Quinlan Vos because he's always like so upbeat and like you know Quinlan Vos but now he's gonna be so not that way because no <laughs> no I don't want it I don't want I don't want sad Quinlan Vos please I can't do it I cannot I do it we're not gonna have an episode next week like he's gonna show no, up and I'm not gonna be able to do it I'll just be crying like perpetually from the time the episode drops for like the next week until the next episode anyways let's try to move on at this point um, now that we've talked about this one sentence on the wall for like 20 minutes um so after after that moment uh obi-wan is like let's get out of here and then he's like oh i'm dizzy oh i'm gonna faint and then they go to this window and outside who is it darth vader <laughs> it is I'm so glad this is not a visual medium. <laughs> everyone would have had to see me do that. <laughs> yeah, it's Mr. Darth Vader himself. Also, I was thinking about that that interview Ewan did where he was like, yeah, and then I turned around and Vader was there and I like freaked out. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I get it. I totally yeah. get it. When he like walks around the corner, I was like, I swear my heart stopped for like a few seconds. Like I'm not even exaggerating. It did happen. Um... And then he starts, like, killing people. Like, like innocent people on the street. He, like, snaps some guy's neck. And I was like, um... And then Obi-Wan's like, okay, Leia and Tala, you guys go and find this pilot. I would just... I'm not even gonna lie this entire episode. Yeah. I was like, do you think do you think that pilot... And then, no, it was just some guy who died. But I was thinking about Mira Lardy the entire episode. I was like, but, like, what if? But what if it was? Glad it wasn't, though, because he did die. Um, but anyway, so he sends Leia and Tala off and is like, I'm going to deal with Vader myself. And he like runs off and draws Vader away. I'm also thinking about how Reva like starts to go after them. And then Fifth Brother's like, he said not to get involved, blah, 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 blah. She is just so it was epic and powerful. Fifth and Brother is homophobic. So true. Saying? No, but like. Let a girl boss girl boss. Gross. I hate him. He's very much giving like man that you work with who has so much toxic masculinity and thinks he's better than you just because he's a man anyway 
Um, but yeah, Reva tries to go after her and then they're like, no, we need to be sweeping the town. Um, and this is when they, so my God. Okay. The shot, I'm turning into such a fanboy right now, but the shot where it's like Obi-Wan standing across the opening and then Vader ignites his lightsaber for the first time. I was going crazy. I was like, wow, I'm actually, um, a 16 year old boy and I, have been the biggest Darth Vader fan since I was like five years old and I am gonna like purchase a Darth Vader t-shirt and walk around and tell women that they're wrong about things um (laughs) um, this is really disgusting to be completely honest no I'm turning in my toxic man boy era because that it was just so good um anyway Leia and Taller are like running off and Leia's like you need to go back and help Obi-Wan because he needs it so true girly because obi-wan like i do i love you so much obi-wan and i'm not being like judgmental of like oh my god why is he so weak obviously it's been like 10 years and he has not used his lightsaber or the force like that entire time and definitely hasn't fought anyone specifically anyone as strong as vader in that time so he's struggling and leia is like yeah he needs help girly you should go back and she does um but yeah vader and obi-wan did fight crazy I don't even have other words like it was just crazy I was I was kind of feeling insane the entire time yeah kind of about what about Leia uh she's never seen a Jedi literally ever uh she's no idea what they can do so she sees Darth Vader literally snap someone's neck sorry miss 12 year old Leia but or 10 year old Leia but like she literally snaps she sorry to misgender Darth Vader <laughs> and during Pride Month um, <laughs> and after he just came out <laughs> wow I'm so sorry please don't cancel me um anyways I think that you know Leia just watched Vader like mercilessly kill people uh and then Obi-Wan's like I'll go after him are you kidding girly you look like, like okay old man <laughs> she's like okay grandpa like um and then i think tala too is like oh, he's he's fucked like <laughs> there's there there's no way um and then yeah so so then vader and obi-wan fight um and and i think that it's really really so funny to see you know anakin has probably been waiting this fight for 10 years he's been waiting to kill obi-wan for 10 years and he ignites his life lightsaber like like all the skywalkers do um like anyone who's ready to commit some violence is does and obi-wan just runs away so true king that was the most relatable thing ever he just ran away no because Uh, if i saw that man walking at me i would just leave i would just leave because it's not like vader can like move as well as obi-wan because he's in a big suit that is not designed for him to like run around and jump around in and so obi-wan is just like yeah i'm gonna leave yeah i'm gonna get out of here um also this is like a side note and kind of unrelated to everything we were just talking about but i think it was partially just because like the scene takes place and it's dark out but the way that they lit the sabers in this show just looked like really good like, I, like so it just good. had that little extra, like, flavor to it. Like, it just looked really good. And I was like, okay. Especially, like, the scene, I don't remember the exact shot, but there's, like, kind of, like, an overhead shot where they're, like, running and you just see, like, the circles of light from their lightsabers with the blue and the red. And I was like, but yeah, it just looked really good. 
Um, anyway, that was really unrelated. But yeah, he runs away as he should. Um, but then Vader ends up catching up with him. And yeah, Vader is like, I've been waiting 10 years for this and I'm going to like make you suffer and blah, 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 blah. And it's going to be like this epic showdown. And then he starts fighting him and he's like, you're weak. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Respect- well, not respectfully from Vader's point of view, but like respectfully from my point of view. Obi-Wan is not able to put up that much of a fight. And Vader's kind of like, okay, well, I guess I'll just throw you into a fire then. My jaw was on the floor, screaming, crying, etc. Like, it was a bad time. It's just, like, you can only see a character go through so much pain. And then you're like, are you kidding me? Um, anyways, yeah. I loved, uh, kind of tracking back to the fight, I really loved how it was shot. Like, you really were just, like, there. Like, you were just watching Obi-Wan just, like, get his ass kicked. Um, and you can see just how, like, fatigued he is just doing the bare minimum to keep himself alive. Um, shout out to Deborah Chow for that. Are you kidding? Girlie, you are everything. Uh, and then, you know, anyways, the whole, the whole scene of, of Obi-Wan being lit on fire. One parallels, you know, obviously they were done on purpose, but, um, maybe, maybe that was a lot. Maybe I cried. Um. <laughs> and uh you know if that was only the beginning because obviously he wasn't going to kill Obi-Wan then right so sad so sad uh good thing we didn't see what happened what would have happened if if he really did capture Obi-Wan um thinking about what happened to Trilla and that happened to Obi-Wan I would literally die anyways and then he gets saved by that robot by that droid by the holler droid literally like what am I supposed to say? Like what am I supposed to say? We already know what I'm thinking. Like I'm in love with him. <laughs> um, I'm also okay. This is like the most horrible thing for me to say, but it's true. Um, is that like Obi Wan's literally, literally being dragged through the flames? Like like not even metaphorically. Like he's literally on fire. Not to be the literal worst, but I do know actually for a fact. That the biggest thought crossing his mind right then was, I deserve this because this is what I did to him. And as much as I so hate to even say that, would you even say that to me? But it's true. It's true because he, we know now, like very clearly, as if we didn't know it before, that he blames himself for everything that happened to Anakin. And now he knows that not he didn't kill him, he just left him burning on the slopes of Mustafar and now he's Darth Vader um and he has to live in a suit and he has to like and he's like even when they're fighting obviously Anakin does not have the like mobility and the like um like dueling ability that he had at the end of the prequels because he's just limited um and Obi-Wan is like I did this to him and I left him in the flames so I deserve to have that same fate um which is like really sad obviously and makes me want to like never watch Star Wars again um I'm also thinking about when Obi-Wan's like what have you become and Vader is like what you made me yeah that was a lot that was a lot because now not only does Obi-Wan blame himself but he has literally had it said to him by the person who he believes he failed that it was his fault well, thank you for listening to Polkram Transmissions podcast. Uh, no, why would you say that to me? I didn't actually want to think about it. Um, anyways, yeah, 
thinking about that line though, actually, Vader. Why? Like, why did we have to tell Obi Wan that? He already blames himself so much. Um, but I was thinking, like, not only is he like physically what you know Obi Wan made him, right? Like, he is in that suit because of Obi Wan in the fire and Mustafar and all that, whatever. But also, like, Obi Wan was his master. No matter what Anakin would have become, it would be because of Obi-Wan, because Obi-Wan trained him. So the way that he turned out so evil and so bad and so hurtful to everyone around him and literally, you know, being the right hand to an emperor who is fascist and is destroying the galaxy, that is all because of the way that Obi-Wan trained him in in Anakin's eyes, of course, and in Obi-Wan's eyes. Uh, we know that's not true because Obi-Wan really did everything he could. He was such a good master. Um, but, but uh, to them, it is, it, it is Obi-Wan's fault, which is so sad. Are you kidding me? Obi-Wan, why are you so sad? Like, <laughs> your life. Like, I was really hoping that this series would be like devastatingly sad because it would be weird if it wasn't. Like, right. it would be weird if Obi-Wan was like, hey, I'm on Tatooine, everyone I, no one loves dead, but I'm just gonna, like, hang around and fight Darth Vader. Yeah, I would have been really upset if that was the vibe, but now that it actually is as sad as it should be, I'm like, why? That's kind of, oh, no, that's not the end. I almost forgot the very important thing that happens at the end of the episode, which is that Leia gets taken by Reva. Okay, I'm, I was actually thinking... I feel like literally last week we talked about an Omega parallel, but now I'm going to talk about another one. I was thinking about when, like, when Omega gets lost and whichever episode that is, and then Fennec is like, hey, girly, like, I'll help you find your family. It was really giving that. Reva was like, I'll help you get you where you need to go. And I was like, okay, like, obviously she's evil, and obviously we don't want Leia to go with her, but, like, I would have gone with her. Like, I can't blame Leia for this one. I would have been like, yeah. I think what's going to happen... Well, okay, let's get into what we think is going to happen. Let's now. get into because some predictions. The episode. Um, I do think that A, Quinlan Voss is going to show up next episode and be with and meet Obi-Wan and then be like, Obi-Wan, what's going on? And Obi-Wan's going to be like, we need to go find Maya. Imagine, oh my God, oh my God, imagine Obi-Wan is like, or Quinlan is like, who is Leia? And Obi-Wan is like, don't tell anyone but remember Anakin he had a kid <laughs> with Padme on the top. Are you I'm just okay <laughs> quick side note if Quinlan Voss and Obi-Wan reunion and they do not hug each other what is the point, what is the point? What is the point? because yeah. up to this point Obi-Wan just thought that like literally all of his friends were dead and now he found out that one of his closest friends is still alive and they might see each other again um I better see some tears being shed I better see a hug maybe a little kiss on the mouth like um, I know <laughs> I'm not gonna kiss on the mouth but it would be so on brand it is pride month when Lin Voss it when is pride month on the mouth after not no, absolutely <laughs> yeah no that's something that he would do like in character like that's Obi-Wan's not like even literally like okay also um it was something about Leia and Quinlan I don't remember but yeah Okay, if Quinlan and Leia interact in any capacity, I... No, I'll die. Okay. <laughs> no, I will die. I will fall on the floor. That is so... That's everything to me. Anyways, 
Um, yeah, okay, so that's the idea one. of like Quinlan being like Leia's other fun uncle, or I guess just her fun uncle because Obi-Wan's just kind of her grumpy uncle at this point <laughs> in time. And her like grunkle. when she's. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Not grunkle Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah. No, okay, fun uncle Quinlan boss, so true. But anyway. And Leia is constantly, like, making fun of Obi-Wan for being, like, old or whatever, whatever. And Quinlan just being, like, yeah, you are kind of old. Yeah, you are kind of giving grandpa right now. Anyway, maybe I need that. If the next episode opens up with Obi-Wan, like, waking up from, like, a back-to-tank or something, and Quinlan boss is there, and he goes, Kenobi, you look worse for wear. (gasps) No, I would pass away. Okay, but I do think that because yeah, obviously Obi Wan will have to be in some kind of Bacta tank because he just got like burned alive. Um, a bit of a marshmallow at this point. Yeah, and I'm thinking about how in the Book of Boba Fett, the way that we got most of our flashbacks was these like Bacta tank scenes. Perhaps Episode Four will be the flashback episode. It makes sense because it's like around the halfway point, and then we it. could also get Riva flashbacks. Like, I want them right. so badly, but also, like, am I equipped to handle that emotionally? No. Um, and then, yeah, I did say this to you already, but I have to say it again, um, unfortunately, for our listeners, you know, that <laughs> um, if if Quinlan picks up Reva's lightsaber and sees her backstory the same way that Cal Kestis did with Trillis Jury, because I'm I thinking about that interview where... I think it was Ewan McGregor was like, yeah, Deborah Chow knows her stuff. Like, if something happened in a video game, she knows about it. And I'm like, so she and knows about like, this. She knows about so... this little Cal Kestis moment. Let's have that, but with Quinlan Boss and Riva. I really do think that Cal Kestis and Quinlan Boss, like, being a team, finding, finding Force Sensitives is what Jedi Survivor is maybe about. Because... Also, this is so not a Jedi Survivor episode. I'm so sorry, but um, why is it called Jedi Survivor? We already know. We already know that Cal Kestis is a survivor of 4066. There are going to be more Jedi. But yeah, I do think um, Quinlan Boss will be there. Um, we also talked about like Quinlan tracking, helping Obi-Wan like track down Leia, which makes a lot of sense, obviously. I also was thinking about a lightsaber battle between Quinlan Boss and Reba. Not that I want them to fight. I want them to be best friends. But it is, right. like, it's a Star Wars series about Jedi. And Obi-Wan Vader is obviously, like, the big fight. But, like, it's not... I don't want to be like, it's not cool enough. But, like, they're not doing anything crazy because Vader is in the suit now and Obi-Wan hasn't even, like, touched his lightsaber in 10 years. So if they want to have a, like, it's a Star Wars series, we need, like, a crazy, they're doing flips lightsaber battle. Because we saw those flips Reva was doing, and she has barely so done anything true. with her lightsaber up to this point. I'm just saying Quinlan Vos versus Reva would be it. But only if it ends with them being besties. Yeah, if Quinlan Vos kills Reva, I'll die. No, I'll actually stop. I will unstand Quinlan Boss. <laughs> I am no longer a Quinlan Boss fan. No, of that. Me, either. that's not gonna happen. It, it won't happen. Not I to be the literal worst, but I would rather Reba kill Quinlan. Not that I want him to die. I do not want that. But no, I'd rather. But at least die. it wouldn't be another woman in Star and Wars getting killed violently by a man. We need to be no, done with that. To be honest, I feel like if Reva is getting killed 
she will be getting killed by a man anyways because the amount of women in this series who series who would be able to kill her are very very minimal yeah. i do unfortunately Damn. believe that if reva doesn't die um that i think it's the fourth sister the other inquisitor who's kind of with them i do think that she will be passing away um because i do feel yeah. like at least one inquisitor is going to get killed in this series and it's obviously not the fifth brother or quizzy and i hope it's not reva but unfortunately poor si- i hope we see more of her though my and... also my last like okay i would like to say this is a prediction but it's just me being me um if when they when they return to Alderaan okay this isn't going where you think it's going I think it kind of is but it's not um okay when they return to Alderaan with Leia if Tala is still with them and Bail Organa is like oh my god who's this and she's like I'm Tala and I am like I've been like going undercover in the Empire and like helping coordinate this network of Jedi and like the path etc etc and he's like no I have the job for you I have the job for you um, and then she becomes a fulcrum agent. That I will literally find a way to make anyone into a fulcrum agent. Like, ask me if Reva will become a fulcrum agent because I can make it happen. Um, but I do think that Tala becoming a fulcrum agent actually makes a lot of sense because she's essentially already doing what they do, like coordinating this network and literally going undercover in the Empire. And she's about to probably be on Alderaan helping return Bail Organa's daughter to him. And also, I just would like someone to say the word fulcrum in this series. I'll go crazy. A crazy time for Fulcrum Transmissions podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions. Please feel free to send us questions. You can DM them to us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd really appreciate it. We'll be back next week to discuss episode four of Obi-Wan Kenobi, aka Quinlan Voss, because we know he will be there. Once again, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye.